Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host for this podcast, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce today's guest, Terry Whalen, who will be talking with us about many things, including his new book, Book Proposals That Sell. Welcome to the podcast, Terry. It's so lovely to have you. Carla, wonderful to meet you and to be here with you today. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for joining us. So tell us, before we do anything else, tell us a little bit about what makes you, you. I guess one of the things that makes uh, me, me is that I, uh, I love books and I love publishing. And that's uh, something that started at a very young age, uh, but I've been, I've been in books now for decades. And that's kind of one of the things that I do. Books. So that's a big word that covers lots of little things, <laughs> right? <laughs> lots of little and big things. What is your favorite part when you say, I love books? What is your favorite part about the book world? Yeah, I guess one of the things that really drives me day in and day out is the fact that books can change people's lives. And I know that firsthand because years ago, as a sophomore in college, I read a book that changed my life. And I went to Indiana University to study journalism, where there's 30,000 people on the main campus. And I basically got lost there. We were, about 100 of us were on the writing staff. We were producing a full-size newspaper uh, six days a week. And uh, back then, I was sitting at my old Royal typewriter, couldn't get my fingers on the right keys because I'd been out drinking the night before. And I kept saying to myself, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. (laughs) And this uh, little blonde-haired girl that was sitting next to me said, oh, Terry, don't say that because one of these days when you really need him, you'll call out for him and he won't be there. And I thought, what is this? I'm a Christian. I go to church when I'm at home. I read the Bible in church when I'm at home. I had no idea really at all back then. And so she sent me to a little bookstore a couple blocks off the Indiana campus, said they had pretty cards and posters, and maybe I'd find a book that interested me. And so I wandered down there a couple of days later, and I bought this book called Jesus the Revolutionary. I thought, how in the world could Jesus be a revolutionary, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I took that book back to my room and read that as a sophomore in college, and it, it really just changed the whole direction of my life. Oh, my goodness. What? So I love that story because I agree with you. Books have that power. I can think of many times in my life when just that right book came Crossed my path and gave me sometimes a wanted, sometimes a not so much wanted wake up call. So I, I, <laughs> right. I'm right there with you. So, what was it about that book that caused that profound shift in your life? Well, it it showed me a side of Jesus that I'd never seen before. He was more than a praying figure in the Garden of Gethsemane or somebody raising his hands and blessing kids. He was real. And about that time, some people invited me to a a little Jesus people gathering in a warehouse in downtown Bloomington. And people were sitting on scraps of carpets and little candles were lit. And those people had something that I didn't have. And so I got a Bible and I've been going the Jesus trail ever since. So instead of uh, working for the New York Times or the, or the Los Angeles paper or 
San Francisco Chronicle. Instead, I joined Wycliffe Bible Translators out of college, and I spent uh, 17 years with them, 10 years in linguistics. And so uh, just it really changed the whole direction of what I was going to do with my life back then. I have a qu- one more question about that, I, so we can <laughs> shift to your book. But what was it that those people in that room had that you didn't have? They had a genuine love and relationship with God that I didn't have. And so that's why I needed to get a Bible and begin to sing those songs and and go that direction with my life as well. Mm. So they had a spiritual connection, a profound one that you didn't yet have. Isn't that gorgeous when you meet people who have that <laughs> that connection that just grounds them yet uplifts lifts them? I am a believer in that just that beautiful magic of feeling connected to something bigger than oneself. It was. And that's why I guess my in my publishing life, I've written biographies on people like Billy Graham and Chuck Colson and John Perkins and Luis Palau and people like that. And then I've uh, co-authored books with more than a dozen people over the years. So books have really driven a lot of my life and my time over these years. Would it be fair to say they're one of your greatest loves? It is. It is. Mm. I would say that's one of my, because I know the, the power of the printed page, and I know it changes lives because my life was changed by reading it. Beautiful, beautiful. So let's take a segue from there into your book book proposals that sell. So for our listeners who might be interested in how to get a book launched or why their favorite book was launched, how it came into being, which there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. So do share, tell us a tell of book proposals that sell. Yeah, I had written about 50 books for traditional publishers, but I never worked inside a publishing company before. So about 15, 16 years ago, I was hired as the acquisitions editor at uh, David C. Cook in Colorado Springs. And it gave me a look inside publishing that I'd never seen before. How do they make decisions about books? Which, which books get published? Which ones get rejected? How does all that, how do contracts get done? All that, those questions that I didn't really have any answers for. So I would go in with my about once a month with my material to pitch it to a room full of jaded publishing executives, the vice president of sales and the vice president of editorial and the chief operating officer and the president of the company, they'd all be sitting around this table and I'd present my books. Well, the uh, chief operating officer of the company sometimes would hold up his hand and say, we could sell two of those, Terry, one to me and one to somebody else. Well, we weren't trying to sell two of anything, as you can imagine. So that was like the death knell for that particular pitch. And so we, I would just say, well, okay, guys, let's flip the tab and go on to the next book. This is what I'd have to do. So I wrote book proposals that sell originally in 2004, just as a frustrated editor, because I wasn't getting the kind of submissions from authors that I really needed. And uh, the first edition of this book is has helped a lot of people. And so this is the revised edition because uh, you can imagine, Carla, publishing's changed a lot since 2004. So I had to bring it up to date with this, this new version of the book. Got it. So it's a new book, new version of a 
not an old book, but a new version of a classic book. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's got like 155 star reviews out there. It's it's helped a lot of people. So I'm, I'm very grateful for all that. So. Well, and that's <laughs> part of your mission is to help people change their lives. And being a book author, that kind of help can absolutely shift somebody's life. It's true. So what would you say, how does your work our mission at Familius is to help families be happy. Would you say that your work helps families be happy by helping people live their passion? Or are I there other so. benefits? Yeah, I think that's one of the great benefits would be to stir enjoyment by helping authors be successful. And I, and one of the reasons every book needs a book proposal out there is, is whether, even if they self-publish, is because that book helps them create their plan for the book or their real business plan as far as who their audience is, what they're going to do to sell the book, all those kinds of things. You can't just write a book. You can, but you're not, you're not going to be very successful, at least in my view, if you write a book and put it out there into the world without a plan as far as what you're going to do. And this helps you develop that plan. That's so beautifully said because many people do think a book just it gets written and magically appears on the shelves. <laughs> so what you're saying for our listeners is that this proposal is really a template for making the book as successful as possible for the, a template for the author to really follow as they launch that baby into the world. That's really true. I was at the uh, San Francisco Writers Conference a number of years ago and uh, Penny Sansevieri, who runs a marketing company down in San Diego, she got up in front of all of us and said, now, remember, everybody, there's over 4,500 new books that are published every day. And I thought, wow. 4,500, excuse me, 4,500 <laughs> a day? I thought you were going to say a year, and I was going to say, that's a lot. 4, no, a day, a day. day. So I didn't call her out during her workshop, but I asked her afterwards, I said, man, Penny, that's a huge number. Where'd you get that number from? <laughs> she said she got that from Bowker that does books in print. And that covers all the self-published books as well as the traditional published books. So it just gives you a vision of the huge volume of stuff that's going out into the market every day. And so if you don't have a plan, you're sure to hit your goal out there, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, so a plan will help you not just get lost in that 4,500 books a day. It will help you maybe float to the top rather than sink to the bottom. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the reality of the market is that if you self-publish a book, on average, those books maybe sell 100 or 200 copies during the lifetime of the book, which isn't that good, you know, really. But if you have a plan and execute your plan, then that's where you're going to find your readers out there and really help people with the stuff you're putting in your book. So from your perspective, Familius, you, you know, a lot of children's books, self-help books, books devoted to families, to parenting. What is your favorite, not of those, but what is your favorite area? <laughs> Does it happen, you know, fiction, nonfiction, self-help, children's? What is your personal favorite? Uh, you know, it'll be almost like trying to ask for my favorite kid. I read a broad sweep of things. I 
I don't read a lot of fiction. I read some fiction, but primarily nonfiction books. But I, I do read children's books. I love the familiar children's books that they do. I've published more than a dozen children's books myself. And I know that that's a very important area to people as they read those, as parents read those books to their kids, they're imparting huge patterns of information to them just in that process of reading those books over and over. I I know my mother about drove her crazy as a kid because I love these Dr. Seuss books. (laughs) And this was actually Dr. Seuss' first book, McGilligot's Pool, that was my favorite book when I was a kid. And I've never seen that one before. (laughs) I had no idea about its existence. McGilligot's Pool. Now, that wasn't in our school library. I can guarantee you that because I read every Dr. Seuss book available. Well, this was his first book. Okay. And I understand Dr. Seuss was rejected about 28 times mm. when his first, before his first book was published. And I'm sure you know, Carla, that Green Eggs and Ham, for example, is still on the bestseller list. Yes. And so that book launched his, his career, which has been incredible out there. I love that you bring up that piece about when the parent reads to the child, how important that connection is. And it sounds as if you have children of your own. Did you read to your children? Oh, I did. Absolutely. We read tons and tons of children's books. We'd go to the library or the bookstore and come back with a whole bunch of books and read them over and over to our kids. Yeah. Very important part of our childhood experience with them. How did you as a parent benefit from that? And part two is how do you think your kids benefited from that interaction? Yeah, I think I benefited as a parent by just learning about children's books and and knowing what was out there so that when I wrote my children's books, I would have ideas about how separate they were from the other books that were out there in the market. So it's good from that standpoint. I think it benefited my children by showing them the importance of of reading and books. And that's kind of a pattern in their life that even even continues today as they're, as they're young adults and stuff. Absolutely. And I agree with you in that time with your kids. When I look back as a busy mom, I look back at that reading time with my kids as being some of the most precious, just cuddling up day end and reading, not that we didn't read it other times, but reading it the, until I was memorizing the books. <laughs> that's for I sure. Yeah. Right? But that really close cuddle time that was that child's special, special, extra special part of the day and how you can look back on not just the books, but on that sacred time with your child as having really fostered that parent-child connection. Absolutely. So, and your children are still prolific readers today? They are. They are. They're still uh, actively, actively reading. We when I talk to them, we talk about books as a, as a part of our conversation and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. So are there any other tips about your work that you'd like to share with our listeners today? You know, I guess, I guess what I, one of the key things that a lot of people have trouble with is locating the competition for their book out there. What, what is that? And so what I encourage authors to do, even though their book hasn't been published, is just to envision where their book is in the bookstore and think about what books would be on the right 
and on the left and up above it, down below it. And those books would be their competition. So that's kind of a simple, easy way that people can come up with that particular element, which is which is pretty hard for people to know what their competition is. Absolutely true. Absolutely. To be able to look at, especially the current competition, as to see when your book is released, what is going to be sitting next to it competing for the book buyer's attention? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, thank you so much, Terry. You are a wealth of information. Where can our listeners find you? Oh, and by the way, do you happen to have a copy of your book? You can pop up for I those do. who are watching by video. There's, there's what it looks ah, like. Book Proposals That Sell, 21 Secrets to Speed Your Success. And you know, if, if people would like a free copy of this entire book, they can get that at the website bookproposals.ws for website. Bookproposals.ws is where they can download the full book. Oh, that's so generous of you. Okay. Book and, uh, book writers, uh, there you have it. You have your takeaway for today. <laughs> and where people can find me is I'm active on Twitter under my name, Terry Whalen. I have 180,000 followers over there. I'm active on LinkedIn. I've got 19,400 connections on LinkedIn. Or they could just go to my website, terrywhalen.com. Thank you so much. So listeners, let me spell Terry's name for you. It's T-E-R-R-Y-W-H-A-L-I-N, Terry Whalen. Thank you so much for being with us today, Terry. It has been a true joy and a pleasure. As we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com, where you will find our Habit Hub blog, as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can and will make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine, 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 as only (laughs) you can do. Thanks again, Terry. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Carla. Thank you.